is a significant day, a unique day, a special day, uh, but we are still going to look at God's word, amen? So grab a Bible, grab, grab a copy of your scriptures and head to Galatians chapter five with me. It's in your New Testament. If you don't own a Bible, there is one under the seat in front of you. You can grab that one and open it up to your New Testament and head to the book of Galatians with us. Uh, if you are new to Phoenix Bible Church, we've been in a series entitled Set Free. We've been talking about this, this book of Galatians and how through Christ, by grace, through faith in him, we are set free. We're set free from sin, the penalty and the power. We're set free from a bondage to the law and, and the earning and the striving and the straining to get God's approval and hope he accepts us. That we're set free in Christ from all of that. And because of what he has done, because of what, who he is, we get to experience this radical freedom and grace in Christ. And so you're catching up with us in Galatians chapter five, which is a great place to join us because it is this culmination in Galatians five of all of that. We have this coffee cup verse, Galatians five, chapter, uh, chapter five, verse one, that says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Even if you're new to the church, you're like, that verse sounds familiar. I've seen it on a coffee mug, right? And the reason, this is one of the verses in the Bible that you see on a coffee mug that, that like deserves to be there. Right, that's not taken out of context. Like this is an amazing verse that's profound for you and for me and for us in the church. That God has set us free in Christ. All right, so here's what we're gonna do today. Today is a little bit different. We're not gonna go through the entire passage, but we're gonna pull out what I believe is really Paul's main convictions and his main explanations of what it looks like to be free in Christ. And so we're going to look at the text and do that with me. We're going to read verse 1, and then we're going to skip down to verses 13 through 15. He lays out our freedom, then he explains our freedom, and we're going to highlight that together. So read it with me, Galatians chapter 5. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Skip down to verse 13. He explains this freedom. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Here's three brief points if you take notes this morning. We're going to talk about our freedom in Christ, freedom for us, and freedom through love. Freedom in Christ, freedom for us, and freedom through love. The first thing, freedom in Christ. Verse 1, look at that verse with me. Paul says, Christ has set us free. So to start this morning, we have to talk about, hey, what has he set us free from? Right? Christ has set us free. What, what is that from? Well, we can look at the whole of the New Testament and see Christ has set us free from sin, the penalty of sin. Romans 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have been set free from hell, from eternity, and death because of your sin. Like you've been set free from that in Christ. He died on the cross for you in your place. He rose conquered 
entering the grave and death because of your sin. So you are set free from the penalty of death and hell if you are in Christ. But you're also set free from the power of sin in your life. No longer in your life do you have to succumb to every temptation. Because of Christ, you are set free to follow him, obey him, love other people instead of cutting them off in traffic. You're you're, you're called to now speak truth and love, not to debate and destroy a person online. You're set free in so many ways from the penalty and the power of sin. But specifically in the context of Galatians, what Paul is saying you're set free from is the bondage, the slavery under the law. Did Did you catch that in verse one? He says, don't return to this yoke of slavery. And if you've been tracking with us in the book of Galatians, this whole book has been this contrast of a, a bondage under the law and a freedom in Christ. A bondage in plotting and scheming and striving and straining to earn the favor of God and the slavery of that versus the freedom of trusting and receiving what Christ has already accomplished, that he fulfilled the law on your behalf. And you simply have to know him and trust him and you you can be secure in your identity in Christ and you're free in that way. And so Paul is saying, hey, Christ has set you free from this bondage, from this slavery unto the law. No longer do you have to earn the favor of God. No longer do you have to strive and climb and earn God's favor. You just get to accept it freely in Christ. So that yoke, that heavy weight, you need to be picturing like an oxen that has a heavy weight on their shoulders. And what Paul just said is that heavy weight of the law Obey, be perfect, go to church, do all the right things, don't do any of the wrong things. When you do, there's shame and there's guilt and it's all upon you. And Paul just said, you have been set free. Do you see the power of this moment? Do you see why this verse is on coffee mugs? Right? It's because it's a powerful announcement of your status, of your reality. This is like Braveheart, William Wallace, freedom, right? This is that kind of powerful moment. Like if there's music playing behind me, some of you would be feeling this right now because it's powerful. You have been set free from all the earning and all the striving, all the fear, all the guilt, all the shame. If you are in Christ, you are accepted and loved and known forever by the God of the universe. You're his child. Amen? For freedom, Christ has set you free. And here, here's why it's Christ that set you free. I know for some of us that were like, well, yeah, I know Tim is his church. Like, who has set you free? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is always the right answer. But, but I think our culture wars against this, and maybe even some churches war against this every single day. That our culture will say, freedom is not found as you are found in Christ. Freedom is found in finding yourself. 
Every day when you wake up, there, there's a world and there's a culture and maybe it even invades the church at times that will tell you, you need to do these things and not do these things. You need to dig into yourself. You need self-help. You need to understand the Enneagram. You need to know how you're wired. And the more you can find yourself, then you will find freedom. The more you get to do what you want, then you will be free. And the, the reality is there's a war every day between what Christ says freedom is and what the culture says freedom is. It's a battle. And so what we said last week is we have to understand every single day that we don't wanna rely upon ourselves. We don't wanna find ourselves. We wanna be found in Christ. We actually wanna come to the end of ourselves relying solely upon Christ. And that alone, that alone is where freedom is found. And so we gave you this statement. I'm going to give it to you again this morning. Even though I know all of you already memorized this, we're just going to give it again, just for some of us, you know, like me, who forgot. Every day, we choose whether to rely upon ourselves or come to the end of ourselves, relying solely on Jesus. Every day, you make a choice. Are you going to rely upon yourself, find yourself, Or are you gonna come to the end of yourself relying solely upon Jesus? This is a battle, isn't it? That's what Paul says. Did you see what he says? Stand firm. Don't return to the yoke of slavery. Isn't it crazy he has to say that? I mean, just, just think, we're talking about bondage, slavery, being imprisoned to the law and to earning. Think about what, what prison cell, the hinges of the, the, the cell doors get blown open and the prisoners get to run free. Who's coming back to that prison? Who's like, no, hey, can I get back in the cell? Can, you, can, you, can somebody fasten the door back on my cell for me? Who's doing that? No one, right? They're running down like the 17, the 51, they're like, I'm free. I'm never going back to that place. And yet Christians, we, we do that all the time. That's why Paul wrote the book of Galatians. That's why over and over he says, don't return there. Don't go back there, right? You're free in Christ. Hey, hey stay here by grace through faith. Because so many of us, man, we, we just don't stand firm in this. We listen to our culture. We listen to ourselves. We find ourselves instead of being found in Christ. And therefore we go back to slavery and yet we are free in in Christ. Did you know that the power of this, this idea of in Christ, this, this is why we are free and the only place we are free. We see in places like 2 Corinthians 5, if anyone is in Christ, you're a what? A new creation. The old things have passed away. We see in Paul's letters, just Paul's letters alone, 164 times we're in Christ, we're in him, we're in the Lord. This is now your identity. It's free in Christ. You are wrapped in the perfect life, the sacrificial death, the overcoming resurrection of Jesus Christ. That as you look at the Christian life and look at texts like 2 Corinthians 5, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for you so that you might become the righteousness of God in him. This is, 
This is the message of the gospel. This is what you've been set free to, that you are no longer marked, you're no longer seen or known by what you do, but what Christ has done on your behalf. You're in Christ. This is college students, or maybe uh, not college students, and 20 years removed from college, but still paying off your student loan debt. Anybody? This is, this is what it's like. It's like having all of that student loan paid in full. Praise Jesus. But not just that. It's like having all of that debt paid and then putting an honorary doctorate on your wall. He made him who knew no sin. He took all of your sin debt, cleared. Fear is gone. Shame is disappearing. Sin has been forgiven. Your debt has been canceled. But also, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. Honorary doctorate. Like he has made you like his son. So that when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin, but he sees his sinless son. So that when God sees you, if you are in Christ, like Mark chapter one, when, when Jesus is baptized and you see the spirit descend like a dove and you see God the father say about Jesus, this is my son, my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And you see that happen in Mark chapter one. Listen, before Jesus does any miracle, before he turns the water into the wine, before he heals any lepers, before he preaches the sermon on the mount, before Jesus does any of those things, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You're now in that. And that's how God sees you. Do you see why it's Christ has set us free? Do you see how nothing else can do that? And yet every single day of your life, you'll believe a lie. You'll have moments where you, you think, no, I, I can do it. Or no, my culture says my career can do it. In their day, it was circumcision can do it. In our day, it's like our finances can do it. In, in our day, it's like all the ologies and the isms and all our Christianese and we can speak and we can pray eloquently. And like, no, you, that, that matters, that counts, that you can be free in Christ. And Paul's gonna say, no, 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 Christ has set you free. And only by him does this work out this way. There's freedom in Christ. Secondly, there's freedom for us. I, I have read this verse. I have seen it on coffee mugs over and over and over. For freedom, Christ has set us free. It wasn't till this week that I saw us. It just, it just blew my mind. Like he didn't say for freedom has, Christ has set me free. Are you free? It says for freedom, Christ has set us free. And then if you look at verses 13 through 15, look at those verses with me. You see this explained out in detail. Verse 13, we're called to freedom brothers. Verse 13, we're called to freedom as a one another. Verse 14, your neighbor. Verse 15, twice, one another. Five references, three verses. We see this whole idea of freedom is not just a vertical thing between you and God. It is a horizontal thing between you and other people. That for freedom, Christ has set an us free, a one another free. Now that's mind boggling in 2022, but that was even more mind boggling in their day. 
See, Paul is writing to primarily Gentile believers, people that were not part of the us, that that they ate separately from the Jewish Christians, that they worshiped separately from the Jewish Christians. We've talked about that in the temple, there were walls and the Jewish people could come in and Jewish men could come in, the Jewish women could come in and then there'd be a wall and a wall and a wall and a wall and all the way on the outside of the temple, the Gentile people, the unclean people, they could worship Jesus from all the way out there and there were literal walls dividing them. And what Paul just said is, the walls have been broken down. Like a female Greek, you're all one in Christ. You're all free in Christ. There's a one another now. And I just got to imagine as this was read in the original time, as Paul wrote this letter, it's a letter of Galatians that most likely in their day, they read this as a full letter, all six chapters, all together as a letter out loud. And I just got to imagine as some people were to read this, some of these Gentile believers were to read, hey, for freedom, Christ has set us free. There's a one another now, brothers, that some of these Gentiles would have thought, well, not us. I mean, I know that there's an us, but it's like the Jewish people over there inside the temple. And then Paul's saying over and over, no, 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 you're involved in the us now. That everybody has come together under this banner of freedom in, in Christ. There's a freedom for us. And friends, this is how you stand firm. Like Paul said, stand firm, don't return to the yoke of slavery. This is part of the way you do that is there's a us that you lock arms with in the freedom that you have in Christ. And when everybody's pulling on you and our culture is pulling on you and say, no, how about some striving and straining and earning that you're locked arms with the body of Christ to say, no, 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 I'm free in Christ. No, thank you. I'm free in Christ. And that the us helps us do that together. Did you know last night that as I was preparing for this, as I was finalizing this announcement, it's a big day in the life of our church. As I was preparing this message, that there was some anxiety that just came over me, some heaviness that just came over me. That happens sometimes on Saturday nights. I don't, it's always Saturday night. And I just thought, I don't know where this is coming from. There's some doubts. I know there's some timidity here, some fear. And like God said this is his word, like, that's not from the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give you a spirit of fear or timidity. He gives you a spirit of power and strength, okay? And, and that was helpful. And that was anchoring for me. But I, I was still struggling a bit. I, I was still heavy a bit. I was still anxious. Last night, your pastor. And so I texted Graham and AC and us. And I just said, hey guys, I don't, know, I don't know what it is. I just feel a little heavy right now. I just, I don't know if it's spiritual warfare. I don't know what it is, but if you could just pray, if you could just pray. And they, we're praying right now. And one of them said specifically, hey, tomorrow is not about us doing everything perfect. It's about just being faithful. And there was an us that helped me stand firm because I realized that was the message of Galatians. Like, oh, I just need to be faithful. Oh, just free in Christ. Oh, I'm excited about this announcement. I'm excited about this sermon. And it just, an us changed that. 
This is part of how you stand firm is you, you, yes, you're free in Christ and you're connected with him and covenant with him. And when God sees you, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the sinless son. Yes, but part of the way you stand firm and part of the reason Paul over and over and over says one another for freedom, Christ has set us free, not me and you, for us. One of the reasons that happens is because you need one another to stand firm. That when you get pulled in every which way in your career and your finances and your empty religious rituals and your self-righteousness, you are connected to an us that can pull you back and center you on for freedom Christ has set us free. That's the beauty of the reality of the church of Jesus Christ. There's a freedom for us. So this is a, a timely exhortation for us. It, it's timely because as you look at the world, we, we have to realize right now in this moment, like depending on time zone, there's a few billion people worshiping Jesus like you and I are, that we're part of an us, wrapped around the glory of Christ, every tribe, tongue, and nation, wrapped around him. In fact, today is, is a day where we pray for the persecuted church, the universal church across the world, many of whom aren't worshiping freely like you and I are right now. So we're connected with churches across the world. And I think sometimes that's pretty easy for us to believe because we don't know them <laughs> and we don't see their imperfections and we don't get an up close view of how different we are from one another. And we don't have to rub shoulders with them or lock arms with them. But I think what's sometimes harder for us to believe that there's a freedom for us and that means not just the churches across the world but the church across the street who you do get to see and you do know the weaknesses of, you do know the differences of, you do know that you vote differently than them because you see them at the ballot, it's kind of awkward. <laughs> you see their sticker on the back of your car and you, do, you see clearly the differences and you're like, I don't know if, I don't know if for, freedom, for freedom Christ has set us free. <laughs> he set me free from some people in Africa some people in Turkey, like the people I don't know and have to live life with, like he said, us, yes, Tim, I'm all with that. But the person down the street, your neighbor who votes differently than you or looks differently than you or has a different personality than you and doesn't bring in their trash can like you do <laughs> or mow their grass or plant winter grass like you do, that's an us too. And Paul is saying, yeah, five times in three verses, one another, us, 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 us. You see, with Bethany Bible Church is, is the two of our churches become one. What I've said to our staffs this week, it was really beautiful, it was really eloquent, right? I was like, hey, you know, there was always an us and a them, but now there's an us. And everybody's like, yeah. And I went home and realized, that's not right. <laughs> Sorry, staffs. That's not right. See, there's always been an us. Not just now, amen? We're the body of Christ, the people of God empowered by the spirit of God and walls and a name and a down the street and a older, younger, this and that, that doesn't divide the us. That's the beauty of the us because God brings all kinds of people, different ethnicities, different personalities, different forms, and he brings them together in Christ, freedom for us. 
And that's always been the case. Here's what we get to do right now. We get the opportunity to live out that reality before our city, before other churches, most importantly, before other people who don't know Jesus. And they get to see two churches, young and old, 70 years, seven years, come together in Christ and love one another and bear with one another and forgive one another and worship Jesus with one another in freedom. And they get to peek in here and say, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Why are they doing that? And they get to come in and find out and find Jesus and find freedom in Jesus for themselves. Amen? This is a timely word for us. There's freedom for us. Last thing, there's freedom through love. Verse 13 and 14, Paul says, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Use it as love to serve one another. Then he says, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as your self. This is beautiful. Here's what Paul's been saying this whole time. Hey, if you just look at the law and try to earn your favor with God by obeying the law, you will never do it. And here's what we could do if we're not careful. We could just throw the law out and say, it doesn't matter. But here he makes the intentional point to say, hey, you wanna summarize the law? It's actually love your neighbor as yourself. And the way that you do that is understanding that you're free from slavery to the law. Do you see the irony? If you're in bondage to the law, like I'm gonna work my way to God, I'm gonna earn my favor with God, you will never actually be able to obey the law. When can you obey the law? It's when you're free from that bondage knowing you could never fully obey the law, but Jesus obeyed the law perfectly on your behalf. And when you trust in him, you are motivated by love to serve one another, which is actually obeying the law. Do you see it? This is the freedom of Christ. This is the freedom for us. It's expressed through love. Right? In church, we get the opportunity, we get the reality to do that together in a really unique way right now. Uh, we're gonna take communion together, which has always been a family meal. It's always been about our freedom in Christ vertically that extends horizontally to the church of Jesus Christ. And so church, we get a vivid picture today as we take the bread, we dip it in the juice or the wine and we remember that Christ alone has set us free from sin and shame and fear and the law and slavery to it. But that bigger than that, as we all get up and come down the center aisle and it takes a while because there's a lot of you guys, as we all dip the bread in the juice or the wine, as we think about that, Probably around the same time, Bethany is doing that down the street intentionally. We said we're gonna take communion together today. today. That you get to see, the, the, not the freedom just in Christ for you, but you get to see the freedom in Christ for an us. And that's what makes this so beautiful. So I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna take communion. Father in heaven, thank you for this morning. God, I thank you for your grace to us, the freedom that we have in Christ for in us. God, I pray for each man and woman in this room, uh, whether they're new to our church or they've been here for a long time. God, whether they're new to Jesus or they just met him today. God, that as we take communion, that it wouldn't be lost on us what you have done for us in the cross and through the resurrection. That as we realize, God, you, you, you right now, if we're in Christ, you don't see our sin. You see your sinless son. And God, that, that would motivate us 
to sing, to declare your grace, to be thankful. God, I just pray that some of us in the room this morning would just thank you for what you have done for us. As we confess our sin and talk about the ways we failed, God, we would also thank you for your forgiveness and your freedom in Christ. We would thank you that you have bonded together different people with that same freedom that we might show the world what it's like to truly be free in Christ. God, I pray as we take communion, as we sing together, you would work in only the way that you can. We pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.